clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Probably is going to be pretty trashy, trashy in maybe a good way because they're just two down teams. And yeah, I'm the pseudo Dolphins fan, and it's stunk that they're one and four. But I did really like what I saw from Mike Tua to Mike Kosicki last week, and I feel like that's going to continue. And we started to see Kyle Pitts come on two weeks ago too. I'm going to say that these two young tight ends, we're going to see 200 plus yards between tight ends in this game. Now I'm not saying just Mike Kosicki and Kyle Pitts. You know if if Durham Smythe catches one for 18, I think that goes towards the 200 yards. But 200 yards between tight ends in the Miami-Atlanta game. All right, my man. All right, here I go in three, two, one, go. All right, folks, I th- I'm on the board. I got one. Um, I'm still not giving my one for the last couple of weeks. But what I'm going to say is this week I'm going to go with passing touchdowns, and I'm going to say they're going to be six or more quarterbacks that throw three plus touchdowns this week in the NFL dueling friends fortunes correct this week look at us man yeah yeah I think mine's (laughs) kind of cooler than yours I'm not gonna lie Uh, well so here's the thing why is yours cool so why is yours cooler you were like not just not just the two tight ends any tight end can get this well i I don't know if you if you you want to be like that technically the two tight ends did do it too so you're right no well when you were saying that i was like wow that's pretty darn good the the two tight ends and then then you said that so i was like you didn't even need to add that that caveat that was that was pretty good I, I was, so I was just, I'm just saying six out of 32 NFL quarterbacks throwing three touchdowns. Now, if you said four in that now, happened, first, then it's like, whoa. First of, all, first of all, there are multiple teams on by, so there's not 32 teams that were playing, okay? And there weren't a lot of great teams, okay? There were some bad teams that played, and yet we had six or seven quarterbacks throw three touchdowns. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay this is my problem i am too extreme in my life i'm either way it's either way too much or not quite enough there's no in between with me that's just who i am anyway welcome to the show folks i'm adam jeffrey rossi i'm josh lapping lots to talk about after a i'll say it not that great of a weekend of football in my opinion 
I don't I don't think it was that great. There was there was three games that I really enjoyed, if that. Uh, obviously, wow. one of them was the Atlanta Miami game that you got right. Uh, I I enjoyed the Indianapolis San Francisco Sunday night. Thought that was nice, even though it was like sloppy and messy. And uh, I didn't watch most of the. I I shouldn't say most. I didn't watch all of New Orleans Seattle on Monday night, but that was okay. Most of these other games were kind of gross to me. Oh no, I should say Cincinnati Baltimore was fun, and then it got out of hand at the end. But Cincinnati Baltimore was fun for most of the game. I will say. Are we shocked though that the resident Bill obsessed person is like the week the Bills were off was bad football? <laughs> you know, I debated whether or not to say it, but yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. I guess that is the case. <laughs> you know, just any any weekend the Bills doesn't play, I guess it's just going to be a bad weekend of football. This makes ah, it makes sense. <laughs> I'm not the only one to say this though. I've been listening to podcasts where people are like, "Not that great of a week in football," so I'm not crazy. Okay. Yeah, well, I guess when, you know, you only have six quarterbacks that throw three touchdowns, it's just not going to be that great a week of football. Yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> Rant rate of recall. What do we got for our Halloween special? Ooh. So, yeah, we haven't talked about that at all, so you just bypassed it and then added a ghost sound, Adam. <laughs> this is a special day for us. This is a big is. one. This is one of our most listened to episodes every season. Four years in a row of doing a Halloween-themed episode. There we go. So for Rant Rave Recall, I am going to rave. I'm going to rave about somebody that I think deserves it, but it's certainly a team and a person that we don't talk about a lot on the show, and that is one Daniel Jones of the New York Football Giants. And obviously we don't talk about the Giants for probably a good reason because the Giants aren't that great of a football team, and that's okay. But I still think they deserve some love, so we're going to give it to them. And I'm talking about Daniel Jones because this is a game, and I didn't even pick the Giants to win this game. I didn't think that they were going to, and they won in a pretty, pretty, mm, I don't want to say dominant way because they didn't. The score looks dominant, but really they pulled away at the end, and for a while it was it looked like a baseball game. But regardless, <laughs> Daniel Jones really deserves a rave this week, I think, in my opinion, because he did it all, and he didn't have a great stat line in any one area, but he just did what he needed to do to win. Logan Ryan, a defensive back for the Giants, came out after the game and said that Daniel Jones was the QB1, the RB1, and the wide receiver one uh, against the Panthers for the Giants the other Sunday, and and that's, you know, kind of true, sort of. Obviously, the Giants are a team that is much maligned with injuries, but Daniel Jones did finish the day with 203 yards through the air, 28 yards on the ground, and 16 yards on a catch. So he did do it all. He just put himself out there, and you know that's what this team needs because they are hurting, and they maybe don't have the most star talent, but they just needed to will themselves to a win, and they did it in MetLife. And, and it was good to see for the Giants. I don't know how much of that's going to carry over, continue. Maybe when they start getting some of those names back, it'll it'll translate into a little something. But definitely for this weekend, Daniel Jones deserved a rave. Yeah, I I toyed with Daniel Jones being my crush in it. I, I mean, he was he was great. It was really really fun to watch. Um, it's just this Giants team is so weird because I feel like they have a, they have good players. They have good pieces on defense, and obviously most of their offensive pieces were injured, so that was that was troublesome. But he, I mean, Daniel Jones had a good day, like he said, and of course that incredible catch. Um, 
they're just a weird team. I really, really wanted to believe in them, and we talked about them. You know, still a long season for sure. But uh, yeah, know, we're almost I, halfway through. <laughs> oh man, that just makes me so sad. Uh, regardless, I have a recall. The first recall of the season is going to be, unfortunately, my friend, uh, one of your teams, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I kind of hung on for a little bit here. I obviously thought they would beat the Jags, and you know, I did pick the Falcons, but I thought there was a path to 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 uh, uh, possibly winning this game. And obviously, he led the would have been game winning touchdown. The defense just couldn't stop Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts on that final drive. But I'm, I look at their schedule, and they still have the Jets twice, the Texans, um, the, the Giants. You just talked about who've been who've been tough and who have been kind of you know unpredictable. And then they do have uh, a game against the Saints as well, which is kind of like a you know we don't know. And also the Panthers. So like they have a couple of games that are definitely winnable. But even if I gave them wins against the Giants and the Panthers, that still only gets them to seven or eight wins. I don't think that's enough to get into the playoffs. So I am recalling the Miami Dolphins. I still like a lot of what what's on this team. And if I can, if I can, if I can. Just do a little mini a word in defense. Uh, I haven't done one of those segments in a while. This is just a little mini word in defense of Tua Tungabailoa. I, we both have talked about still liking Tua, not wanting to give up on Tua. I very much so have not given up on Tua. In fact, the last two weeks has increased my flame of defending Tua Tungabailoa. And his last two weeks, he has thrown for 620 yards, six touchdowns, a 75% completion percentage, and both games led fourth quarter go-ahead touchdown drives. He's the fourth best quarterback grade um, in the NFL in the last two weeks. Tua's been pretty darn good, albeit against some poor defenses, but he's still doing it, right? And I refuse to give up on Tua Tagovailoa, and I just, again, I'm recalling the Dolphins. I don't think there's enough games left for them to, to get in in a crowded AFC. There's a lot of teams that are right above them. I just... Just wanted to give a little bit of a defense to Tua, but I am going to recall the <laughs> Dolphins and you. Uh, when you recalled last week or the week before, I made you give a replacement team, and I also did not have the Chargers in the playoffs, so I'll just slide them right into their slot. Boom. So there's that for me. I mean, how do you feel as a Miami fan? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Miami lost their bid in the playoffs like three weeks ago for me, so. <laughs> I mean, they're just, they're not, they're not functioning as a team well. They don't have an offensive line. Their wide receivers can't stay healthy. Their defense has regressed. And, you know, I kind of go back to what our Dallas Cowboys correspondent, Mike, says. Defenses do often fluctuate throughout the years, and it's very hard to carry over and be consistent. And so when you do see consistent defenses, that really is much more of an ode to them. So the defense isn't carrying over. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I... I'm not going to be surprised in the least if even with those things that you were saying about Tua, yeah, you're not wrong, but he still is having, you said, 75% completion percentage, and most of those yeah. are going for five yards down the field. There are a couple of times that he's pushing the ball down the field, and that's good, but it still looks it looks difficult. And, you know, I, I won't be surprised if we do see this. There's still so many trade rumors going on. It's, it got... It really heated up around Friday or Thursday of last week about the Deshaun Watson. It's cooled down a little bit, but we still have a couple days until we have that November 2nd trade deadline. I won't be surprised because right now it's it's a team without an identity, and I won't 
I won't be shocked at all. There's a lot of emotions that'll go into there. We'll see if it actually happens. But right now, it's 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 just what I said. It's a team without an identity, and they can't run the football. We'd have to belabor the point, but yeah. So Miami <laughs> Dolphins definitely don't deserve to be in the playoffs at all. Yeah, and this is uh, this is a uh, a team that we had high expectations for. I certainly did, and uh, we'll see as it we'll see as it how it continues but i still believe and again this is the last week before the trade deadline like you said if Tua gets traded or whatever i still think that Tua has a future in the nfl but we'll see how it goes anyway that was right right call let's do some crushing it yeah i, I gotta question it all right go for it on the same team that you raved about the new york giants i'm giving a crushing it to rookie defensive linebacker, lineman, defensive end extraordinaire, Aziz Ojolari. So the stat line reads two and a half sacks and three tackles for a loss, but I still don't think that begins to describe the effort that he had against these Carolina Panthers this past weekend. I, he was all over the field. He could have had five sacks in this game. He could have had eight tackles for a loss. He just was everywhere and they moved him around he played outside linebacker he played defensive tackle he played defensive end he was just kind of roaming all over the place he was he they dropped him in coverage at times and he was able to make plays on the tight ends not that Carolina has great tight ends I just he was really all over the place and I had I had written his name down before I even realized his stat line because I he, he got a sack earlier, and then I was watching the game. I was like, Aziz Ojolari is just all over the place. He's consistently pressuring Sam Darnold and blowing up the defensive line whenever he rushes. He's in passing lanes, getting his hands up. Uh, and then, of course, you look at the stat line at the end. You're like, oh, well, that that fits it. But that doesn't always, that's not always the case with defensive players. You don't always see a lot of you know defensive players can have great games and only have just a couple of tackles. You know, So I just a little bit of a crush in it to Aziz Ojolari. Well-deserved, well-deserved. I'm going to go with a crushing it for you, my friend, Mr. Adam Rossi. You know, going to going to oh. change up the, the narrative a little bit. I think you deserve a, you deserve a crushing it, bud. You know, this weekend we went, had a, our buddy's wedding, and I don't think you were having the best day, but you were still there for our, our best friend, and you were just, you were being a good guy, being there for him. Uh, you finally, you, you, you got the best of me in, in fantasy football in our <laughs> Space Browns League. You made a joke about making the wrong decisions about players. And when we were talking about Amon Ross St. Brown, who put up a big goose egg versus Khalil Herbert in our fantasy league, wouldn't have made the difference. We still lost. (laughs) No, it would not have made made the difference. You wanted the right player, and mine didn't even get a target. I don't know if he got a target, but he didn't have a He didn't, and it doesn't make any sense. So, you know, you, you, you deserve a crush in it, bud. Well, thanks, pal. I will say for those of you who don't, most of you don't get to hear our weekly conversations that we have before kickoff when we play Dead by Daylight. Uh, most of the time when we debate over a player, you more often than not you pick the right one. But I was surprised at how effective Khalil Herbert was against that Tampa Bay defense. It makes me feel a lot more confident having him moving forward, even when other guys come back. I still think he'll be involved. So I like that. You know, and it's impressive to go against a team where, and you only score three points, no real threat of pass against them, and still you're able to have a pretty good game. So I'm really impressed with Khalil Herbert. Uh, we can talk about him in Fantasy Corner later. But, yeah, uh, I don't think Leah or nor Andrew listened to this podcast, but if you guys are listening, it was an absolutely gorgeous wedding. 
not just them as a couple beautiful, but I I thought the weather the weather was you know dreary and cold, but it kind of fit the the fall farm atmosphere that was had, and it made just the colors look really beautiful, and it was just I thought it was a really beautiful wedding, and uh, for those of you listening, Josh was one of the one of the best men. He was a co best man, and we did a little escape room, and he gave a really really wonderful speech at well. It was it was just nice to to see you guys and. I do owe you an apology, though. However, uh, we did not get to the egging, so <laughs> we, we did. You know, I I don't think <laughs> we we will get there. I didn't. I felt bad with the hour that you got in, and I was like, I'm gonna shove an egg on his head and make him go. Right. To the tower. Well, and, so. and I expected to be able to stay longer too, but that's okay. So awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate that, my friend. So let's get on to some of our news and notes if i'm not mistaken yes news and notes i feel like this is just basically injury injury central now every week it's just we want to talk <laughs> yeah, about there, injuries. there's some stuff happening uh, here but there's some stuff happening for sure uh one that i'll just throw out right away is this whole mike tomlin usc stuff i wanted just to say real quick and we don't have to really really talk about this but i just read this before we logged on and i genuinely want to just say how much i love mike tomlin because did you see the comments that he said? Um, kind of. So they, I don't know exactly which one you're referring to. They asked him about it and they said, I don't have time for speculation. That's a joke to me. I got one of the best jobs in all professional sports. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? This will be the last time I address it. And not only today, but moving forward, never say never, but never. Okay. <laughs> he it's said that, there's not it's a, that last part that I think is kind of weird. Never say never, but never. Yeah, it's like never say never, but no. It's like I don't. Right, but I, I love. I do think I, this is all garbage. I don't think there's any yeah. seriousness to it. But why would you? Why would you say something like that, Mike? I love that he. But I like it's different than somebody saying never say never, but no. Like he says never say never, and then legitimately say never. So he's saying no. This is never happening. I don't care what saying you're throwing out there. It's not going to happen. Um, and, I, and Mike Tomlin is certainly not going to be fired. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin will get a chance to have another quarterback. He's been that good as a head coach. If he wants it, who's to say he's been coaching for a very long time? But there's a, a lot of interesting coaching stuff happening. <laughs> um, you know, now people are talking about Pete Carroll possibly not coming back. I don't know if that'll really happen. I think that, um, you know, Russ has covered up a lot of deficiencies with that team. Uh, if we want to make that USC connection, how do we feel about the Seattle and that hedge coaching situation? Yeah, obviously that was in the news because they lost on Monday night, the Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll came out and was talking about Russell Wilson and said that Russell Wilson was very much what you just said, a, a cover up, and he enabled a Pete Carroll to stay in Seattle longer than he probably would have been had he not been there. So that's so just that's a really interesting comment, especially with all of the rumors and everything. Going back to the offseason, remember we had the Russell Wilson wants out of Seattle, and then I, I heard that 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 flamed up again a little bit after he went down and said Russell Wilson is definitely out of Seattle after this year and whatnot. So this one has a lot more credence than the Mike Tomlin, in my opinion, just because of his connections there and maybe you know. Pete Carroll's time is up in Seattle because 
it very much could just be the magic of Russell Wilson that has been causing them to to be in those winning things. I know for years we've come on after the draft and said that we haven't liked the way the team's drafted or we don't think that Pete Carroll is, is good in situational football and is too conservative or just keeps wanting to run the rock when they're, the league is so much more towards the air game. So this one... I'm not saying is like, yeah, that's a slam dunk. That's that's happening. But it has a lot more credence than the Mike Tomlin. Yeah, and honestly, this is a an interesting debate to have because you can't win in the NFL without a quarterback, right? It's just that's how it is. Nobody ever wins without having a good, uh, a great quarterback anymore. And even in the days when some of them did, they was, you know, like who's the worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl? Trent Dilfer, maybe. And even even Trent Dilfer was still a pretty good quarterback. But regardless, you can't win without one. So it's an interesting debate to have or a conversation to have. Is it the quarterback or is it the coach? And we had that debate, you know, very vehemently recently with the whole Brady-Belichick thing. And then, of course, Brady beat Belichick, but it, albeit in a close game. And, you know, Brady has taken the Bucs to Super Bowl and they're primed for an attempt at a pretty good run again this year. And the... Patriots, albeit a tough team, are still kind of struggling a little bit. Although I think that they're on the ups, up, upswing as well. It's just, it's interesting. The analytics committee community has been all over Pete Carroll for most of his career, talking about how much Russell Wilson covers up the deficiencies for that team. Uh, and we'll see. You're, I, I, I like that you brought up the trade rumor stuff. Obviously, we talked about that on the show, and I still hold true to this. You don't say that you don't want to be traded and then have an actual thought-out list of teams that you would, quote, say yes to, right? It's just weird to me. It's like, I'm, I am I would never break up with you. I love you to your partner, but if these three people asked me, I would say yes. Like, it's just, it's just weird to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong here. Well, I'm just saying, I feel like everybody has those uh, celebrity out lists, and that's fine. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I very the, uh, much know if Jeremy Jordan comes into into our lives that I'm single. Yikes, Jeremy Jordan. Yeah, I've not accepted really, he, He's not really that great of an actor, though. You're, you're a better actor than Jeremy Jordan. Anyway, here's some COVID news. Devontae Adams has COVID. <laughs> um, or at least is on the list of probably not playing Thursday, right? Probably not. No, I haven't. I haven't checked to see if I don't even know if they if they do anything with uh, how the tests are going or whatnot. But obviously, when you get put on this reserve list, you need to have two consecutive days, twenty four hours apart of testing negative. I haven't heard anything about how that went today. But obviously, when this news happens on a Monday, it's going to be pretty tough to get two consecutive twenty four hour periods when it's all in three days. So, yeah, Green Bay is going in shorthanded. Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard was also added to that list. So they yep. are, they are Today. going down. Going so, down and then, on the wide receiver depth. And not only on top of that, but obviously they're hopeful that Marquez Valdez-Scantling will return from his hamstring injury, but we don't know. It could be Randall Cobb, our old friend, Equinimus St. Brown. Uh, of course, they still have Tunyon, and then I think the, the rookie, uh, Rodgers, as well. So it could be... Could be some slim pickings for that Green Bay offense headed into headed into Thursday night. But this is our first, I think, serious. Obviously, we had some coaches out. It didn't really seem to affect some of those teams. But this is a 
a big name. This is like the first huge impact of COVID on this season, on a season that we talked about really probably wouldn't be as affected. Um, I mean, I guess I don't really want to get dig into the why aren't they vaccinated thing. We already talked about that. But I mean, this kind of leans to the fact of they're, neither of them being vaccinated, no, right? Well, so Devontae Adams came out before the season and said that he was vaccinated. So this is oh, okay. of him just contracting the virus. It wasn't a close contact oh, or anything. Um, so that's why also the, the negative no symptoms thing is going to be very, very difficult because it wasn't just he came into contact with a personal trainer or something that, that had the uh, the illness. I don't, okay. I don't know about Alan okay. Lazard. I, I know that about Adams. Yeah, that was without, yeah, The Alan Lazard was new today, so I don't think a lot of people know about the Alan Lazard stuff yet. So I actually I don't I don't remember and I I could be misspeaking. I actually think I said that this might be and thankfully it has it, but I thought this year might be more difficult than last year because players, I don't want to say are getting were being more lax about it, but just, you know, if if it's true, we have to assume that it is that Devontae Adams is vaccinated. We had to assume that he was probably living his life probably almost normally. Um, I don't know if that means like when I go to the grocery store, I still wear a mask and whatnot. I don't know. Some people very much don't. But so there's probably a return to a lot of normalcy and obviously having fans back and being around just a larger mass of people makes it makes it more difficult and more likely for this to happen. And so, you know, it's just it's something that luckily we haven't seen from star players. I I do think you're right. After you said that, I was trying to think about it, trying to think through and see if there there are other names and there have been some names that have been put on the list Dallas Goddard was a couple of weeks ago and whatnot but yeah I mean when we're talking about superstar players Devontae Adams is one of one of if not the best wide receivers in the league so yeah for sure certainly something that we will monitor and upsetting if we're being honest for one of our first marquee Thursday night matchups to be super super excited for so kind of a bummer in a matchup like that that's probably going to be a close contest but we will follow that as we move forward any other big news or notes that you'd like to get to before we move on wanted to talk real quickly about the news with the change of the rooney rule i do think it is worth mentioning it doesn't seem like huge news to me but i think it is important for what it is and what it means for the league so they have changed that where they have to have at least one in-person interview with an external minority candidate for head coach or GM position. So especially the last couple of years, obviously, we've been practicing social distancing and this goes back to COVID and everything. But they're no longer just allowed to you, – you can't jump onto a Zoom interview or something with – excuse me, with Lovey Smith and be like, hey, Lovey, like, thanks for, you know, wanting to be our head coach. Tell us why. And, you know, that could go for 20 minutes and they could technically check the box off saying like, yeah, we've we've checked this box. We have obeyed the rule. Now they're saying somebody needs to come in and meet with these, the, the personnel and whatnot and really get to spend some time with with a person and learn more about them and not maybe just brush them off. I think that's a, it's a good thing because, you know, whether or not you really think the Rooney rule is, is effective or necessary or whatnot, it can, it can get washed away fairly easily. And I think the league is trying to make changes to just 
give equal opportunity. And maybe this isn't the best way, but I think it's a step. Yeah, absolutely. And it's important to point out, one, that in May, the owners did table a proposal that the Buffalo Bills made to delay the head coaching cycle with interviews after only after championship games and that no hires could happen until after the Super Bowl. Uh, this was kind of in response to the fact that a lot of the best minority candidates were in the playoffs. Obviously, that they're good coaches. They're on good staffs, which are probably good teams. This is probably a direct response to the Eric Bieniemy, And also, Leslie Frazier, who was interviewed as well, was uh, one of the finalists for the Texans job. It is important to point out that two minority head coaches were hired this last cycle. Uh, Robert Sala, who is Lebanese, and David Culley for the Texans, who is a black head coach. And there were also three black GMs hired. Washington, Martin Mayhew, Lions, Brad Holmes, and the Falcons, Terry Fontenot. I think all this is good, though. I think that, you know, no rule is ever perfect and nobody is ever perfect. Therefore, it's always possible to get better. So I, I like that you can recognize things and and make adjustments. And I, I, I mean, the biggest thing for me is that this sounds like a direct response to the whole Eric Bieniemy situation because he's been wanting to be a head coach for three straight years now. And I still refuse to believe that some of these coaches that have been hired and fired in the last three years were as good or better than Eric Bieniemy. So again, we'll see if he eventually does get a job. We'll see if people like Leslie Frazier, who wants to be a head coach again and interviewed for a couple of, at a couple of spots this past thing. We'll see if guys like that do get you know an opportunity here now that they're being forced to have these in-person interviews that have to be like not in-house things like that we'll see if that creates more opportunities you hope it does but uh yeah you're right that's that's certainly something worthy worthy to bring up i didn't i actually didn't know about that news i wasn't looking at nfl.com you're a-okay all right anything else we want to hit let's let's get into it all right we've got Everybody's two favorite Halloween-themed segments. Let's go to the slasher segment. Oh, oh, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. All right, that's as long as I can play before we start getting um, issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, copyright issues. <laughs> um, yes, so... Everyone's favorite slasher segment, the segment that Josh always, without without fail, every year goes. I'm not sure if I totally understand this segment or not, um, but what we it's are true. doing is we are slashing teams that we believe have zero chance. They are not making the playoffs. They, they are not making a push for it at the end here. Um, now, again, these aren't teams like the Jets or the, the Lions or the Texans, who we know for a fact aren't going to make it. Uh, these are teams that are kind of middle of the pack to below 500 that some people might have not given up yet on, and we're just slashing them. We're done with them. And then our second segment is the unmasking segment, where we unmask teams that are 500 or above that are seemingly in contention right now, but that we believe are pretenders. They're faking it. So... Starting with the slashing, you go first, my man. All right, so I'm going to take some low-hanging fruit here for my first slash of the year, and it's going back to the team that you recalled, the Miami Dolphins. I yeah. think I do think that their upcoming schedule is okay. 
but it's it's much too far for the playoffs. All the reasons I talked about earlier on, the lack of run game, the lack of offensive line, the the down defensive year, silly turnovers by Tua, it all accumulates to probably a 5-7, maybe an 8-game win season. So I'm definitely not saying I see everybody on Twitter, Philadelphia fans are like, thanks for the top two pick, Miami. That's not happening, guys. They still play the, the New York Jets twice. Twice. So they're going to they're gonna win some football games. So saying like they have a top two pick is, is silly, but definitely nowhere near the playoffs in my opinion. Miami is getting slashed by me. We don't have to go into it more because we talked about it earlier. Oh, yeah. Miami Slash. Dolphins, you are slashed. Uh, I don't know how good that audio is going to be, but we'll see how it goes. All right. I have a team that I had high hopes for, a team that I debated whether or not they would win their division this year. In the end, I was smart, and I went with our correspondence team, but the team I considered the Washington football team. Mm. Oof. The Washington football team at times has actually looked good. They've played a couple nice quarters here and there. Um, you know, they they were down 21 nothing to Buffalo a couple weeks ago, and they ended up coming back and making that a close game at first, and then Buffalo ran away with it. Uh, they were they hung in there with the Chiefs for a half, and then they got blown out, and they hung in there for the most part with Green Bay for a bit, and then obviously Green Bay pulled away and went and by two, two touchdowns. I just don't see the team doing super well they have to go to denver this week that they have the buccaneers still on their schedule they have seattle when russ will possibly be back they still have to play the cowboys twice they have to go at the raiders in vegas um it's just there's too many there's too many losses to meet on their record for me to say that they can do any damage heading to the postseason this year so washington football team you are slashed. Slashed. All right. Do you have a second slashed team? I have a second slashed team, and this one is also a semi-recall, kind of. I'm not making an official recall, but it's a team that I talked about being a division winner, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. I'm not Ooh. really liking anything about this team Sure, so you know, you can go back and forth about the, the Jimmy Garoppolo being the starter versus putting Trey Lancet and all that is good and well. But right now I'm just not liking a lot of what I'm seeing from this team. I you know, Debo Samuel's balling out and that's great, but he's the only one. Obviously they are they don't have George Kittle. I don't even know if he is on IR in terms of returning, I think he is. I don't think it was a season long or anything like that, but still hurt it, having him hurts. You know, what do we what do we t- think about when we think about the 49ers, at least in my opinion? It's the running game and the defense. And right now, I don't think either of that spectacular. Mitchell is doing okay, but we haven't seen anything out of Trey Sermon, a rookie that we liked a lot of, uh, a lot of coming into He's this He's barely year. played. He's just not playing almost at all. He's playing special teams. And, you know, I can't really say how important I think this defensive backfield is because it has lost some star power, and I think it's really hurting because I don't think any element of the defense is playing well because of that. I don't think they're having the time back there to cover that are allowing their really good front defensive front to to make plays. Nick Bosa's been 
solid this year. He has five sacks, but you know, I, I when I think of Bosa, I think like this is a guy that's gonna get you know, fifteen sacks, not pretty close to. He's going to probably get around. He, he can have a game where he can have three or something. It's going to change it all. But right now he's getting ready to have like 10 or 11, and that's just not going to be a difference maker to really push your team. And and so, you know, I'm just kind of getting not sold on, on Kyle Shanahan. He just has an attitude about himself, and he's like, yeah, I guess maybe Jimmy's the quarterback maybe when he gets back. But, you know, outside of the Super Bowl year, Kyle Shanahan has had losing seasons his entire time in San Francisco. And they have a ton of talent there. It's just not being developed and played well, in my opinion. So I am slashing the 49ers. I'm done with them. Oh, yeah. Halloween kills and Josh Lapping kills here on Simultaneous Catch. Mm. Yeah, I will say <laughs> there's a lot of love for Kyle Shanahan out there. And we, we I like Kyle Shanahan still. But, uh, yeah, it's... It's not been that great outside that one season. And you're right. Uh, when asked if Jimmy Garoppolo would start versus the Bears, Kyle Shanahan said, I would guess so. We had two quarterbacks hurting this week. Jimmy was able to come back and play. We'll see if Trey can next week. We're still not sure yet, but I got a lot of things to figure out. It's yeah, just... I just I hate that. <laughs> a little smug looking like he's in Lincoln Park with his hat on. It's just, uh, what are you it doing? Just, it's just not a good look. It's not a good look. But... That being said, I do have one more slashed team, and let's go to the team that they're facing this week, the Chicago Bears. Now, yeah. hear me out. I have been a defender of Matt Nagy for a long time. Kind of jumping COVID. off the boat here. I think that Matt Nagy will make an excellent offensive coordinator for another team in, in two years' time. Uh, um, I don't know if he'll get hired right away after being fired this year because he will be fired this year, and I'm we'll so see if he gets a job. Heading into next year, but I just it's uninspired, and I really think that Justin Fields has something, and we, they need to get somebody in there ASAP before Matt Nagy would ruin hit, ruin him. Uh, they've got talented players, obviously Montgomery's on IR, but they've got this young Khalil Herbert who we're gonna who we've talked about and will continue to talk about when we have fantasy corner. Uh, they've got guys like Allen Robinson who are barely even getting targeted. They've they had this young Darnell Mooney who was really great last year as a first year wide receiver. I mean they've got pieces and they've got pieces on defense and it's just they're unable to put things together. And I'm looking at their schedule and they still have to play the Ravens. They still have to play the Cardinals. They still have to go at Green Bay in December. They have a late game against the Vikings. They have another game against the Vikings. They have a game uh, the day after Christmas against the Seahawks in Seattle, which you would assume Russell Wilson would be back for. So it's just it's just too much to handle. I think it's going to get ugly before it gets better. I'm so sorry, Chicago. You... Are slashed. Slashed. I'm all just right. I'm really glad that you brought all that up because if you if you take a look at your phone, you'll see my notes. I sent you a, a snapshot of my notes, and you just took the words right out of my mouth. So I'm real proud of you right now. <laughs> nice, nice. It's just he, he he. Oh, I just saw this right now. Yeah, he has. He's made Fields look bad, and I think Fields is actually good. So. Anyway, any more any more slashings you want to do or you want to move on? You know, I had those three, so you took the Chicago Bears out of my mouth, and so I, okay. I am good to go. Time to do some unmasking. Uh. Yes. Yeah. All right, my friend. So these are teams that are 500 or above that seem to be, could be in contention, that some people might believe are in contention, but... 
We don't think that they should be in contention. What's your first team you are unmasking? The first team I am unmasking, this could come back to bite me because, you know, they are led by a hot and cold person, but it is a team I do not believe in, and that is the New Orleans Saints. They are 4-2 and two right now, so obviously above 500. they have won some good games, but they have also lost some ugly ones. And in games that I think they really should have put away, a prime example is Monday night. You know, obviously going into Seattle on prime time, it's going to be tough. But you're not playing the best team. And to only put up 13 points and to have a majority of your yards come from Alvin Kamara, who is amazing and well-deserved. And Jameis came out and said he's one of the most dominant players in the NFL. That's all true. But when like 50% of your yards comes from one player, eventually teams are going to catch on and you just have to slow that down and then the wheels fall off. I do not believe in this New Orleans team. They still have a good team. They will be getting Michael Thomas back. I believe in their defense more than their offense, but I just don't think it's going to get them to where they want to be going this year. All righty. Unmasked. And that darn dog. Scooby-Doo crossover (laughs) episode. That was some good stuff. There's a Batman Scooby-Doo crossover episode that was kind of cool. Yeah, man. I just, uh, yeah, sorry. And that <laughs> darn that darn dog. <laughs> People don't know what that means anymore. That's one of our best audios, man, that darn dog. For those of you who don't know, our first year that we did this, I said, that you darn dog, and there was a huge debate over this. Because turns no, out, one ever, no one ever turns said out, that. It's turns. It turns out it's been said maybe once, and that's it. And it's still a maybe <laughs> over the sixty years of Scooby Doo. Yeah, right. Okay, so I have a controversial one. I'm gonna okay. say a team that's. I'm gonna say I'm. I'm picking a five win team right here. Oh, okay. I'm Let's picking. I'm, not only am I picking a five win team here, I'm picking a team whose quarterback completed ninety one percent of his passes this past weekend, which nice. has. Which has only ever happened one other time in NFL history that somebody has gone over 90% completion on 30 attempts. I am unmasking the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't believe it. I, I, I don't believe the Las Vegas Raiders, okay? I just, I know that they have some good wins. They have an overtime win against the Ravens. Um, they, that's probably their most impressive win, right? They had that overtime win against the Ravens week one. But let's not forget that the Steelers also beat the Bills week one, right? And we all know the Bills are much better than the Steelers. Their other wins are the Steelers, the Dolphins in overtime, who we just talked about being who we just slashed. Uh, the Bears beat them, by the way, when the Raiders only scored nine. The, they, were, they lost the Chargers. They beat the Broncos, who we talked about not being that great. And they just beat the Eagles. They are on a bye week this week. And then they go at the Giants. And then they have a late game against the Chiefs. And then they have to play the Bengals. And then they have to go to Dallas. Okay? And then they still have the Chiefs again at Cleveland late in the year. uh, And then they have another matchup against the Chargers. I just can't see this team winning more than maybe two or three of those games. And I could be wrong. I just... I think that... This team has some talent. They absolutely do. They're five. They have five wins, and five wins is five wins. I just don't think that their resume is that impressive, and I think that their toughest contests are ahead of them. And I don't think that 
at the end of the season, they'll be in contention for a playoff spot. So, Las Vegas, you are unmasked. Mm. Yeah. Jinkies. You know, I kind of, I kind of want to play the "What's New Scooby Doo" theme. That was always really cool. I like that. You're, you're I like weird. that one. Anyway, "What's New Scooby Doo" was cool, man. Don't lie to yourself. Anyway, other unmaskings from Joshua Lapping. My unmasking is personal for you, Adam. Ooh, oh, how dare you! I'm unmasking the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. No, I'm not really. I'm gonna mask, unmask the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, yeah, that the makes Atlanta more sense. Falcons are a team that is above 500 right now. That beats up on bad teams. Well, they are at 500. Okay. Okay, so good. <laughs> no, they've won two in a row, and they're they're impressive by beating the Jets barely and the Dolphins barely. <laughs> You know, they don't even win all of the games that they're supposed to because the team that you just talked about being being in the in the downward trend, the Washington football team they lost to. So sometimes they can't even put away the teams that they're supposed to. You know, this hey. is still this is still a team that I think can win some football games, but it's just they're they're that middle of the pack team, like I said, that that beats up on the Dolphins, but then will lose to to the Buccaneers or the Cowboys. Um, that are the bills that are on their schedule. So they still have a lot of divisional games, which gives some glimmer of hope, kind of, sort of, maybe if you want to try to make the wild card, but this is a team I do not believe hey, in. listen, listen. They have the Panthers twice still. They have the Saints who you slashed. They have the Jaguars. They have the Patriots who are, are tough, but they're still the Patriots, and the Lions and the 49ers who you also slashed. So I don't know, man. I'll play See, the song for you. I'll play the song the for you. That's the thing is you just listed teams that they should beat, but I guarantee right now they will lose one of those games that they are supposed to win, but they won't, and that and, is why they deserve to be unmasked. And that is not a bet that I am taking, so I'm sorry, Atlanta. <laughs> uh. I think as a whole I like Atlanta more than New Orleans, but they won't beat them twice. Okay. Okay, interesting. That's interesting. that's what I'm saying. Is I think I Fair like enough. the team more, but well, they just won't. They won't do it. Well, you. Oh wait, because you were your first one was New Orleans, wasn't it? Yes, it was both. Yeah, it was both. I was gonna say yeah, so you're doing both of them. Uh, admittedly, my second team was New Orleans as well, and you know, outside of the teams that are obviously bad, I don't know if I have another unmasking. I I I I feel like. You know what? We'll 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 do this just for fun, okay? We all know this team's not that great, but we'll do it for fun, okay? I'm gonna unmask a team that I had in the playoffs that um The Buffalo Bills? Yeah, man, they're just terrible, terrible football team. I'm asking a Can't team that still that still has to go to Dallas and play Dallas. They still have to play the Chargers twice. Uh, they still have to play the Chiefs twice, who I haven't given up on the Chiefs, and they still have to play the Bengals as well. And I just don't think that'll be enough wins, even though they still get to play Washington, Philly, and the Detroit Lions. I will unmask the Denver Broncos, who uh, are... I haven't been unmasking them since, like, week two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah! I bet this is the version that Kyle Shanahan likes. What's this Scooby-Doo? 
Listen, I loved this show. It was on. It was on when we were kids, and I would watch those Saturday morning cartoons at my grandma's when she made me French toast. Now I kind of want to make French toast, and uh, it was great. It was great, man. It was great. Just didn't 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 beat a pup named Scooby Doo though. Would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids and your darn dog. All right. Well, that was uh, unmasking and slashers, two of our more popular segments. (laughs) 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 Moving on. (laughs) Just let's do some cold reads. All right. Cool. It's like, uh, didn't I try to make a stupid pun about this last year on our Halloween episode? I bet I I did. It's it's got to be even money to bet that because it's just too obvious. You got any cold reads, my friend? I do. This week, the Jets owner came out and said that he has unwavering confidence in head coach Robert Sala and GM Joe Douglas. Obviously, the Jets have not gotten off to a good start, but not only are they losing games, a lot of the times they just don't look like they're functioning very well as a team. Do you feel like that confidence is warranted? This is a tough one, and you know... And well, see, that's the thing is because, you know, you don't often expect a rookie head coach to just come in and take the league by fire. It's more rare than not, right? You know, for every Brandon Staley that you get, you get coaches that are going to struggle early on. But the team just isn't looking like, like I said, it's functioning well. It's it's ugly. They have 30 players on their roster that are 25 years or younger. Okay, and Robert Sala himself is very young as well. I just think this is a matter of experience. I think this is a matter of they are a supremely young team that are still figuring themselves out. And we knew that Zach Wilson was probably going to take time as well. I know there's a lot of buzz about him. And, you know, at first I was a, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be bad. But I, I, I still think he needs more time for us to figure it out. I just well, time's out because Joe Flacco's coming to town. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm an elite quarterback. Um, I just think this is also hard because the example I was gonna say also kind of looks bad after seven weeks. Was I was gonna say the first year of Miami and Brian Flores, this same thing was happening. Miami was getting historically beaten, right? And I. It was a cold read that I had for you. And you said, listen, we knew this was going to happen. Just give it some time. And then obviously they won 10 games last year. They turned it around that year. And then they won 10 games last year. Now, again, they're struggling this year. But I think this is a prime example of you just need to give people more time, right? I know that they're looking very, very bad. I know that that loss against New England is is very dramatic. And people are going to you know, joke about that until the end of time. But Bill Belichick has always crushed the Jets. He crushed them last year without Tom Brady, and he could continue to to kick their butts down the street. Uh, I'm sorry, Jets fans. Uh, I know that you had a really fun win over Tennessee, so I actually considered unmasking Tennessee because I was, even though they beat my team, I was like, well, you still lost to the Jets. Look how bad they look. Um, but yeah, I haven't given up on this on this this regime regime yet. Um, I think Robert Sala is a good coach. I think it's just going to take him some time. He's still a young coach, like I said, and this team is still young. At times, their defense has actually looked pretty fast and good at times, and obviously when the offense in the first quarter is being outscored 44 to nothing in first quarters this year, that's um, that's hard to come back from. I think that they still need to, to, to get some things underway, but I think that you know Joe Flacco might right the ship a little bit, and they might be in some close games in the next couple of weeks. 
Joe Flacco. Yeah, Joe. My second cold read for you is Cam Newton came out and said that he is fully vaccinated and still wants to play football. Do you see a team signing him? Revisit that conversation. Cam Newton should be the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Say it with me, everybody. Say it with me. Let's get Big Ben out of here. I don't care that he's made a couple of nice throws in the last two weeks. (laughs) He's bad. He's not good anymore. Cam Newton should be the starter in in Pittsburgh. And if he were the starter in Pittsburgh. Newton made some pretty bad looking throws last year. I would put the Steelers in the playoffs if Cam Newton were their starting quarterback. That's just me. But regardless, uh, no, I don't think he get. No, I don't think he gets signed. Um, there are teams again that I think could use him. In fact, uh, Carolina could probably use him with the way Sam Darnold's been playing. Um, that that's I'm being facetious there, guys. I I I haven't given up on Sam Darnold either. But again, you know how bad I am with predictions, so maybe that's a bad sign that I haven't given up <laughs> on you yet. Uh, but yeah, I I don't see him getting signed. No, I don't think any team's gonna do it. I just think that they got a bad taste in their mouths from what happened last year, and I think that there aren't enough teams that are just a quarterback away. Although I still think that if Denver was getting better quarterback play, they would still be in contention. I did mention Carolina. I think if their quarterback, when their quarterback plays well, they win games. Uh, Obviously Washington has a pretty darn good roster, but Taylor Heineke at times just can't get it done. So there are teams that I think that could definitely improve vastly with better quarterback play. I just don't think any of those teams are in a position to be like, let's sign Cam Newton, a veteran quarterback and see if we can do this. I think they'd much rather get a higher draft pick later next year and, and and go from there with a young guy so all right all right all right so my cold reads my first one is the obvious question we didn't really talk about this at the top but i want to hear the the resident uh 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 mild mannered tempered co-host that never overreacts to anything I want you to tell me how worried fans of the Kansas City Chiefs should be. Are we ready to give up on the Chiefs and say that they may not make the playoffs? Ooh, good question. And maybe I'm being too mild-mannered and and belief of this to not panic because they certainly have been ugly. You know, this past Sunday against the Titans was a prime example of that. I am not ready to say they're not going to make the playoffs. I just feel like... You know, they have too much experience of having been there, done that, and Andy Reid to to be totally out of it. And I don't think they're winning their division. I said that a few weeks ago. I think they will get in as a wild card. But and, and panic in what way, I guess you should kind of phrase this question, because I do think they're going to make it to the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to go represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. I think they do have too many holes that unless a flip gets a switch gets flipped and some players that we don't expect start making some big plays, start making those plays. I don't think that's in the cards for them. So if they're expecting to go back to the, their third Super Bowl in three years, I do expect that to to panic and that to be a, you're going to be disappointed. But I, I just, I, I believe in the Chiefs. I don't know if I expected them to come out and beat Can- or Tennessee, I thought Tennessee, similar to Buffalo, had the perfect team to take down take down the Chiefs, and they did. But I am not ready to to give up on them yet, no. Okay, here's the two things that here's the two reasons why I'm worried about the Chiefs. Number one, here's the playoff picture as it stands right now in the AFC. The Bengals, if the playoffs started today, would be the one seed. 
Uh, the two seed would be the Raiders. I did unmask the Raiders, but again, I could definitely be wrong with that. The three seed would be the Titans, and the four seed would be Buffalo. The three wild card teams would be the Chargers, the Ravens, and the Browns. Which one of those teams do we truly know for sure is better than the Chiefs? Or, 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 or which one of the, that the Chiefs are better than? I would probably say the Raiders, but that's a personal opinion. A lot of people probably wouldn't say that. Maybe the Browns. I just I don't see which team they boot out. And this is still not even calculating the fact that both the Colts and the Patriots are tied with the Chiefs right now, as well as the Broncos, who I said weren't who weren't going to do much, but they're still tied with them, and the Steelers. There's this log jam for the seven spot. That's if you include the Browns, who are at the seven seed right now. That's the Browns, Steelers, Colts. Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos. That's six teams fighting for one seven seed. Do we believe in full confidence that they're going to rise above that that crop? You know, it, it's hard to say because there are so many different factors that you're going to be going into, and it's going to come down to how many teams have won because the Chiefs don't really play those teams. The best thing for the Chiefs right now is that they beat the Browns in week one so that will matter this but is I true. do think this the, is true. I think the Browns we didn't unmask them or anything but you know I they're in we, danger we talked about them but they are in danger because of Baker Mayfield's injury and I don't know if Baker Mayfield should come back and play this year I think that might be a bad idea for the longevity of his career whether or not it's what's good for this year and obviously this is a team that you know some people said we're going to go to the Super Bowl this year and but right now I just don't think that the Browns are there and the Chiefs already have a win over them. You know, you said the Raiders, you don't believe in them. Well, the Chiefs still play them two times this year. Other yeah. than the one divisional game against the Chargers, which came down to last minute airs, yep. they haven't had, yep. they haven't played their divisional games yet. No, so. I will say, no, yeah, they, I mean, they definitely, if you're looking forward out of the six teams that I named, they still play four of them because they still play the Steelers. And then they play the Raiders and the Broncos twice. Um, and then they still have the Chargers again in a matchup the day after my birthday. So, yeah, they definitely for sure have a path to it. I just I'm I'm getting more and more worried about the Chiefs, not just because they lost to the to the to the Bills and the Titans, it's because they were bodied by both teams. And that that was pretty scary. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, Mahomes is banged up. Um won't we won't talk about this too much any longer because they are in pals picks and I want to hear you talk about that game for sure. So let's go on to my second cold read. My second cold read is going to be why do you hate the Falcons? It's just rude. No, I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> um, they're my trash. Question, shut up. You're wrong. <laughs> I will say. Hey, remember, yeah, remember when you said Derrick Henry was trash? Look at you now. <sighs> yeah, no yep. response for that. <laughs> He sure did beat the Buffalo Bills, didn't he? I, de I definitely uh, – yeah, that was, that's a good one. I definitely shouldn't be bringing up bad takes because you could go on forever with mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just a quick one. I, I want to hear your thoughts. I know you you raved about Daniel Jones, and I raved about Aziz Ojolari. This team is – the New York Giants are now 2-5. and five. I, 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 I just want to know because I don't know how to feel about the Giants. I actually think the Giants are a decent football team. But I think that Jason Garrett's a terrible play caller, and I could be could be wrong. Um, but right now, the seventh seed in the NFC playoffs is the Vikings with three wins, so they're only one game out of a playoff spot right now. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of other two and five teams 
there. But, like, do we think the Giants could actually turn it around and have a pretty decent season? Uh, that That's a hard one. I don't think that's a simple one at all because the Giants are definitely not a team that is lacking for effort. But what they are lacking for is consistency. And that's really what matters. And we talked about it earlier on, kind of we alluded to to defenses and being consistent and how great that is. It's really made me appreciate what I've seen from the Packers the last 10 years. So just thinking how hard it is to be consistently good and consistently making it to that point. Maybe you don't win the Super Bowl every year, but, you know, it, it it's just good to see your team be consistently good. And right now that is what the Giants are lacking and there are so many different ways that you could you can point the finger to blame. You could talk about the injuries to to key playmakers, and sure, like that's very credible. You know, when you lose your big ticket free agent wide receiver you signed, and then three guys behind him, and then Saquon Barkley, and then you know your your leader of the middle of the defense, very very valid. You could blame Jason Garrett if you want to, and say that he stinks at playing calling plays and maybe that's true i haven't seen a ton of creativity or you know good changes on the fly out of the giants this year i can't pretend i've watched a ton of giants games but yeah i i do think that they are definitely a team that if they just turn a corner in maturity and i think they have a great head coach and joe judge to do that they could make some noise especially in what maybe isn't a super competitive conference of getting in there with that seventh open spot but it's tough because we haven't seen them do it before, and we've seen them fall on their face time after time after time of this having this conversation. So it, it's hard to say with confidence that they, yeah, they can do it because we just haven't seen them do it. They play Philly two more times. They play Miami. They obviously have a huge Monday night matchup with the Chiefs coming up, another uh, three-win team. Uh, they still have a matchup with the Raiders, who I talked about not really believing in, but you could see that as not. Uh, and they also get to play Washington and Chicago. So there's a lot of winnable games and games that they could match up win. And that's, you know, if you if you take out the cheat, if you take out the, if, let's say they split Chiefs Raiders. So that's one. Let's say they sweep the Eagles. That's three. Then you have Washington, the Bears, and the Dolphins. That's six wins. You know what I mean? They, they upset one of these other teams, and maybe they're sitting there at nine wins that sneak into the playoffs. I'm not saying that that's going to happen. And trust me, I know that a lot of NFC East fans listen to the show. Please don't look at this and be like, well, Adam, who's an idiot? I just think they're interesting. I just think they're interesting. They could get healthy. They just won a game with literally nobody healthy. They could get healthy, and they could be worrisome because we talked about defense fluctuating year to year and taking time to develop. This defense has gotten better and better, and... I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying there's a chance. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. You're telling me there's a chance? So you're telling me there's a chance. Um. Anyway, well, with cold reads out of the way, that means, folks, it is time for... Pals Picks. Oh, yeah. All right. What a week it was for Pals Picks, my man. Yeah, see, this is why I'm so angry at you. Because you just had to come on and be like, oh, I'm so out of it. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I've never done this bad. Yeah, whatever. Get out of here. No, obviously, you know, I... I Guys, those of I, you who don't know Josh, he's genuinely angry right now. He's not. This is not a, this is not a, a thing. Like, he's genuinely angry. God, I'm smiling. I don't know if I'm PO'd or anything. Yeah, I had a, I had a bad week. 
you know, it's also my fault. It's karma that I, I called you out for having two weeks of having completely wrong picks, and I had my week of having completely wrong picks. I I am so real in a little bit. We're gonna get back on the board and we'll we'll go yeah, there. So absolutely. Right. Yeah, now, this is still in the still in the lead, which is all yeah, I he's still the lead. And, so And hey, this yeah, this is what ha- for those of you who listen, this is what happens every year, right? There's we have our good weeks and our bad weeks, and it's only three games a week, so it's really hard for one person to pull really far away to begin with. So but that's why it's fun. So I get to pick the games this week. And as always, I picked the three hardest games that I thought that there were the pick. And I will also say, the first game is Panthers at Falcons, and I don't i I would have picked the Falcons. I mean, I'm picking the Falcons, so I only gave it to you because I didn't want you to get get to go three weeks in a row giving me Falcons games. So that's first <laughs> game. <laughs> uh, I didn't give you Falcons two weeks ago. All right, whatever. Yeah. So. Thanks. Pick your team. Uh, I'm gonna go one more week with the Carolina Panthers. I think. Okay. They, okay. I it, this this very well may be the last time that I pick them because you know they talk about a team that started out super hot and has fallen completely on their faces. That's the Panthers. Two weeks ago, I was talking about the drops, and that is true. This week, it was just quarterback inefficiency. They pulled Sam Darnold for P.J. Walker, which, you know, they did the Adam Rossi thing in Madden where, you know, the the reporters come out and say, like, is there a quarterback controversy? And there there's not. And usually in, in Adam Rossi Madden, the quarterback comes out the next week and balls out real well. So maybe we'll see that from Sam Darnold. I'm not sure. But this is this is a team that is is certainly in some disarray, and – you know, talking about those those Giants excuses, if you want to call it, or, or reasons why. You know, the Panthers, on when they played the Texans, they lost some key players on defense. And I think those players really have made a difference, or a lack thereof, of not being efficient and whatnot. But I think similar to, not similar, it's what you said. They The Giants were just able to unleash what looked like a ferocious pass rush to pass rush to make Darnold uncomfortable. I don't think the Falcons have that. I didn't see any pressure really against Tua and that much maligned Miami offensive line that we were talking about. I think they'll be a little more comfortable and they have to get the ball moving on the ground a little bit better because it was shut down and stifled against the Giants. I think if they just get a little more comfortability, a little more flow there, they're going to be okay. But like I said, this very well could be the last time that I'm having confidence for these Panthers. Obviously, they couldn't have been featured in our unmasking segment, but some of their wins include the Jets, the Texans. They did beat the Saints, uh, although you know we talked about them possibly being pretenders, and they lost to the Eagles as well. So we'll yeah. see. We'll definitely see. I definitely think it'll be one of those close divisional matchups for sure. Um I definitely knew you weren't picking the Falcons. I'll just say that for sure. Anyway, let's move on to the next game. Let's go to the Patriots at Chargers. I think this is going to be a sneaky great game this weekend. I talked about, I think the Patriots are surging a little bit. Mac Jones has found a rhythm. I know it was the Jets, but they did thump the Jets very resoundingly. And Damian Harris is playing a lot better. Hunter Hunter Henry's got, I think, four games in a row with a touchdown. They're just kind of clicking right now. And the Chargers coming off a bye did just get walloped by the Ravens before their bye. So, what do we got in this game? 
Yeah, so this one, in my opinion, and it will cause me to have egg on my face because it's not that hard. I'm going to pick the, the home team, the Chargers. The Patriots are flying across the country. I think I always say that that doesn't matter, but it seems to matter to everybody else, so I always had to bring it up. But this is where it's interesting because sometimes we're so much – oh, they did against this team, it doesn't really matter. But then in the defense of the, you're like, they just beat the, the Jets, and like that's a really good thing. And, you know, does it does it really matter? I don't think Damian Harris is going to rush for a buck 40 and two touchdowns again against this front. I think Joey Bosa is still performing at a highly, very high level, and I think he will make Mac Jones uncomfortable. They have a ton of secondary help that the Jets do not have. And Derwin James and Asante Samuel Jr., I expect this, they could make some of those picks that we saw in the New Orleans Saints game when I was confident in the, the Patriots a while back. I think that was week two or three, maybe. I can't exactly remember. I think it was week three. And I just don't expect that this is going to be the domination that we saw the last week against the Jets. And I don't even know if it's going to be the consistency that we've seen out of the Patriots the last couple of weeks. Just a quick shout-out to Mac Jones. We were talking about the much-maligned rookie quarterback class this year, and most of them are still pretty bad. But Mac Jones has now quarterbacked his way to a 70% completion percentage, 1,800 passing yards, nine touchdowns, six picks. And, yeah, he's looked a lot better the last couple of weeks. And like you said, it is weird how – it is weird which games we use as evidence and which ones we don't use and how we use them. And uh, I will always say that, like, numbers – never lie but you can certainly lie using numbers um so uh moving on from that game let's go to your third and final one the giants and the chiefs i thought we there i very strategically placed them in cold reads because i wanted us to talk about it uh how do we feel about this game man you're so strategic adam yeah, look how smart I am, guys. No, this game, you know, you would look at it and think, oh, the Chiefs got this. It doesn't matter. But I don't think that it is that. And I don't think the Chiefs have earned that at all this year. I am going to take the Chiefs just because I feel like eventually you would think that they have to start clicking right. And it's going to be – this is no easy cakewalk because we were just talking about that that pass rush. And if the Giants can continue doing that, Pat Mahomes has made mistakes when being pressured this year, much like we saw against the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Tampa Bay Bucks gave the NFL the blueprint of how to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And we thought that with their improved offensive line, that was going to be mitigated a little bit. But right now, that's when he is making mistakes. With that being said, I just don't know if I believe in the Giants' secondary enough to make the game-changing plays that we have seen. And my God, if wide receivers would just stop batting balls up or letting balls go right through their hands into the defensive backs, we wouldn't be talking about quite as many of these turnovers Pat Mahomes had. And there have been, I think he has like 9 or 10 interceptions maybe, something like that. And by far, at least six of them have been him just flipping the ball up, trying to be Superman. So I'm not saying all the blame isn't on him, but we've seen a lot of times his players just let him down. And eventually that has to stop. I will say about this as well, you were talking about getting trounced by the Buffalo Bills, and really they did, but they still put up 20 points. I don't think they were looking at it as a trounce. They got completely trounced against the Tennessee Titans, not even scoring a touchdown. You can bet everything and and your mother that Andy Reid has been just thinking every single thing that he can to get this right going into this Monday night game for the whole the whole world to see. He wants to be like, I'm still a really darn good coach. I still have a really darn good young quarterback. We're going to get this figured out. 
Pat Mahomes has never quarterbacked the game without scoring a touchdown since he started uh, helming the Kansas City Chiefs, and obviously that was the first time it had ever happened. The last time that the Chiefs had a game with zero touchdowns was Week 11 in 2017 against the New York Giants. So we'll see how it goes heading into Monday night. It's weird how things kind of line up like that. Alrighty, my friends, that's that for your picks. You did go with the Panthers on the road against the Falcons, the Chargers at home against the Patriots, and the Chiefs at home on Monday night against the Giants. There we have it. Let's go over to you. We're going to go to an AFC North showdown. Big Ben and the Steelers take on who knows who and the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I'm picking the Browns, and I'm gonna. I feel good about the Browns here. I don't believe in the Steelers. I haven't pretty much all year. I think that they are pretenders. I think that their quarterback isn't very good. I think that their defense is inconsistent. We talked about that happening from year to year. And I just, I like a lot of this team. I just don't think they have what it takes. And again, we don't, it's probably still Case Keenum. I think we're pretty sure about that. I don't think there's really in doubt. I don't know about I don't know about Chubb or Hunt, but Ernest Johnson looked really good. I still I you know I even believe Nick Chubb is supposed to be back. As I say, I'm not sure, but I especially especially feel good about my pick of the Browns if Nick Chubb's coming back. I just think this team has too much talent on offense and their defense is really coming alive in this in this uh in the last handful of games as well, led by Miles Garrett, your defensive Is uh, it really defensive player of the year candidate and I really, really think that they're going to be able to shut down the Steelers and, and win this game. I don't know if I agree with the comment about the defense, but let bygones be bygones. So you're taking the Browns over the Steelers. I will say you are 0-2 when picking against the Steelers this year, so we'll see if that continues. Oh, game. look Number at you. Two. You're keeping stats. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm an analytics guy. <laughs> The Washington football team traveling to take on the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I'm picking the Broncos. Uh, I don't really believe in either of these teams at all anymore. Obviously, they were both in my um, unmasking and slashing segments. So, don't really believe in either of them. I'm just going to pick the team that I believe in a little bit more. And I'll go with the the, the Broncos at home. I, Jerry Judy is expected to come back and play. I think that adding an extra weapon for whoever ends up finishing this game at quarterback, whether it be Teddy B or or Drew Locke coming in and relief there, uh, I think that that'll be really helpful for them. They still have two good running backs that I like. They still have Noah Fant. They still have Von Miller. I just think that they're just a little bit better than the Taylor Heineke-led Washington football team. There we go, there we go. And last but not least, the big Halloween showdown, the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Every time that Kirk Cousins in prime time, I I find it upon myself to talk about how Kirk Cousins actually plays great in prime time, which is statistically proven. He actually does play great in prime time games. And I think this is a classic a trap game as well. They got through that that New England Patriots game, and then it comes up to the okay, we're one of the best teams in the NFL now. Everybody's talking about it. They're talking about the Cowboys, and we're just waiting for that one week where they drop a game and Stephen A. Smith goes, "How about them Cowboys?" It's not going to be this week though. The Cowboys, I think, will win by like probably ten points. Very nice, very nice. So I would like to issue a cor- a, a semi correction about the Browns defense. I did just take a look at their games. And in my head, I had the, 
you know, holding the Bears to six points, holding the Vikings, which is a great offense, to seven points, and then obviously the Broncos to 14 this past week. I seemingly conveniently omitted the 47 points they gave to the Chargers and the 37 they gave to the Cardinals. So I still think this defense <laughs> I still th- still think this defense is good, um, but maybe not as good as I made it sound in that uh, little soliloquy there when I picked them. That is A-OK. We forgive you. So you have those Browns beating the Steelers. You have the Broncos beating the Washington football team and the visiting Cowboys taking down the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, it's great every time. All right, so in the rundown that I sent you, I did not put Fantasy Corner, but let's do that before we do Friends Fortune. So it's time for Fantasy Fantasy Corner. Oh, man, Man. what a rough week. Oh, it was was. just depressing. I didn't even look like just everybody who is paying attention. Our team is the Chiefs offense, right? If the Chiefs offense does well, then we're great. And wow, that was painful. I felt so good about our team, and now I'm so worried about our team. I don't know how you feel about it. I like that we have Khalil Herbert, and Chuba Hubbard's been okay, but wow, buddy, wow. I don't know if I would say that I am so worried about our team. I mean, we've lost two games. That's that's okay. We're in week eight of the NFL. We're some uh, – we're so, yeah, so obviously we did lose last week because Travis Kelsey had 10 points, I think. He actually had you know okay game, I guess, for tight end. Um, and then Patrick Mahomes only had seven points. Um, uh, do we have some some guys that we're considering and picking up, or at least putting in a waiver claim for this week, or are we just gonna keep keep riding it on with the with the team that we have? So I think we we need to do something because we are gonna be down two starters. Josh Jacobs with the Raiders is on bye, and then we have lost Devonte Adams, obviously, to the COVID list. Now that's not totally confirmed, but more likely than not, we're gonna not gonna have Adams on Thursday night. So a popular name to add was obviously Alan Lazard, who came on last week and did well. Everyone's like, this is going to be the guy to replace him. Devontae Adams has missed games before. The Green Bay Packers performed fairly well with Adam. They are 6-0 and with Sands Adams. But obviously we don't have Alan Lazard. So I don't know if we want to look at another Green Bay wide receiver or if we want to go because we can't even do the the Herbert and the flex because Herbert has to go up to a starting position because we are down Josh Jacobs. So right now we have Patch Mahomes, Chuba Hubbard, Khalil Herbert. Mike Williams is coming back off a of bye against that New England Patriots secondary. We have Brandon Cooks in the wide receiver slot for Devontae Adams being out. Travis Kelsey, who I think is going to be A-OK. And then we have that that flex position we need to figure out. We also technically need a kicker because <laughs> Justin Tucker and the Ravens Fantastic. are on their bye. So there are a lot of things that we need to do. But just talking about what I, we want to do and where we want to do it is interesting. I don't, I don't think we're going to really get either of these players. But I think our first claim has to be Kenny Gainwell for me. I know that, I know that Sanders might still play and and has been pretty good when he's gotten carries but it seemed to me that Philly really really was trying to commit more to the run and Gainwell has been decently valuable even when Sanders is playing and I think that he's going to step into pretty much a starting role I mean he's a guy that was still getting touches and targets in the red zone and what we would call the 10 zone you know within 10 yards of the goal line 
even when Miles Sanders was the you know the focal point of this running attack. So I think that he can only grow in value, and obviously running back is continually our our weakest position. So I feel like he should be our number one claim, and then I would love to put in the claim for Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard still being involved, even you know I know that we we you know probably we won't get we him get this Alan week. Lazard. We don't. Oh, we don't. Want I know, to have him. I would. I think that he's still valuable, even with Devonte Adams on the field. He's got five, at least five targets in the last two two weeks, uh, two straight weeks of the touchdown. He's a guy that that uh, Aaron Rodgers likes to go to, and I think that you know, even if he is ruled out for this Thursday, and we won't have him for Thursday, I think that that we get a chance to buy a player that's playable because I think that'll turn people off from trying to add him this week. I could be wrong about that, but that's just an opinion I have. I don't know who else you would really look at. Um, but uh, are there any? Is there anybody else that's sticking out to you that you're like, ooh, maybe we should add this guy? Uh, I definitely agree with you about Gainwell. And right now, we haven't. We don't make a ton of moves in this league, so we do have the fourth waiver claim. So there is an opportunity for us to possibly grab him. And the uncertainty around Sanders might turn somebody off maybe uh at, at running back yeah i don't think there really is anybody of great notes maybe brandon bolden for for the pats who seems to be the pass catching back he did tie team high in targets with seven last week he did turn it into 79 yards and a touchdown maybe a name to consider possibly but yeah looking at wide receiver to uh, replace Devonte Adams. I actually feel like there are a handful. We we're talking about AJ Green is on the on the block. KJ Osborne, who had the great game against, I believe it was Carolina in overtime, is there. Cole Beasley is there. So there are some names at wide receiver. So we are. I don't hate Cole Beasley at all. I actually didn't know Cole Beasley was available. I would love to add Cole Beasley. That's a guy that you at least know will get targeted, and against Miami, he might catch ten passes. You know. No offense, Miami. Sure. Uh, so just to to, I think I also like that over at AJ Green, but I have to sit with it for a couple of minutes. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Players that we that we all will continue to look at. I like that you're not worried about uh, Mahomes and Kelsey. And to be honest, like deep down, I'm really not. It's just really hurt that that happened to us this past week. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it did, but that that's going to happen. I mean, week one, Aaron Rodgers had, like, negative two points. So you, sometimes just superstar players do have bad games, and that sucks, and you're more likely than not not going to overcome those things, but it's it's not a knee-jerk reaction. We're not going to be like, let's pick up Carson Wentz and, and play him for Pat Mahomes while Carson Wentz is doing A-OK. You know, I still think even if – the Chiefs fall on their face and they don't make the playoffs. They're they're this is going to be an outlier. He's not going to have games where he doesn't throw touchdown passes. The team's too talented. Fair enough. Fair enough. So maybe maybe they don't make the playoffs, but he's still going to be fantasy relevant. Fair enough, my friend. Uh, well, definitely we're not going to fall off completely. Um, but uh, some adjustments going to be made. I hope that we get Kenny Gainwell. I'll say that. I I really hope we get Gainwell, but. Oh, well. Anything else we want to talk about fantasy-wise? Yeah, no, I, I feel that is okay. Maybe let's get Kendrick Bourne. Oh, Kendrick Bourne wasn't the one who threw that that fake pass. Never mind. I thought he did throw a touchdown. Is he the one that did it? He's not yeah. listed as the one that did it. 
Oh, well, I could be wrong. I thought it was him. I also <clears> thought <throat> it was him. I think it had to have been him. I'm pretty sure it's him, but it's not listed. Anyways, <laughs> I was kidding. All right. Well, that's what we have for that. So moving on to some friend's fortune. Uh, we both technically got them right, but both of us thinks the other one was was a little safe with their friend's fortune. Whoa, so. whoa, whoa. Nothing Maybe about turn saying up the tight ends is going to be 200 yards. Oh, uh, uh, out of the eight tight ends that play, uh, they're combined going to have 200 yards. Uh, eight tight ends. <laughs> it's two when teams that have... Time, when was the last te- time a Buffalo tight end got anywhere is, near 100 yards? First of all, Dawson Knox did it two weeks ago. So, there's that. Second of all, I... This is two... You picked two teams that each have two to three tight ends that catch passes. Okay, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not. You got it right. That's fine. Good job. And honestly, I I can't really talk that much because the two main tight ends did it themselves. So you got it right. Okay, I'm just saying that this is a team that each team has multiple tight ends that are involved in the offense. Okay, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, man. I, I'm looking and I don't see anything about Dawson Knox going over 100 yards. Dawson Knox had 100 plus yards against the Kansas City Chiefs. 100 plus yards. Now, it was in three catches because one of them was a really big pass, but it still was over 100 yards. I know I'm right about that. Okay, yeah, you're right. (laughs) The other ones, he's had 30 and 20 and 25, so. And a touchdown in each of them. Tight ends go for 100 yards all the time. Not like quarterbacks throw touchdowns all the time. They certainly certainly, certainly don't go for 160, that's for sure. Kyle Pitts is pretty awesome. Um, Anyway... I need to cool off from that battle so you can go first. Dang. All righty. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, guys. Three, two. I'm going to be short and simple here. I am going with the Cleveland Browns running back, Nick Chubb. His career high is 176 rushing yards, and it's going to be tough to do this against the Steelers because I think the Steelers are going to cone in on Nick Chubb because that's all that the the Cleveland Browns got going. But I'm going to say he sets a new high in rushing yards. He's going to top his previous best mark because he's going to break some long ones. It's going to be super impressive. The Browns are still going to lose, in my opinion. But the Cleveland Browns running back Nick Chubb going to set a new career high and top 176 on the ground. All righty, all you. Three, two, oh my gosh go all right so uh through week six this is before the beginning of last week there were 23 games decided with a winning score at the final minute of the fourth quarter and or decided in overtime that is the most in nfl history through the first six games and obviously we had uh one two three games this past week that did that i'm gonna go we're gonna have a really really good week of the nfl this week i say that we have eight or more games that are decided in the final minute of of the fourth quarter and slash or in overtime. Oh, man, why am I so... I'm like... I'm like bad with wording when I get to Friends Fortune. Like, I try too hard to sound good, and it's like... uh, 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 I don't know know what's wrong with me, man. I bet it's a great, great... Friends fortune. I'm going to get it wrong. Anyway, some tidbits for you guys here. Um, Cooper Cup is now the first player in the Super Bowl era to have 800-plus receiving yards and 9-plus receiving touchdowns in the team's first seven games of the season. 
pretty darn incredible. Cooper Cup being awesome. Kyle Pitts had 163 receiving yards this Sunday. That's the second most by a rookie tight end since 1970. Zach Ertz is the first player in NFL history with his receiving touchdown in consecutive weeks for two different teams. Uh, and the longest touchdown streak in the NFL is four straight receiving touchdowns. That is a record. Or that is an active streak held right now by tight end Hunter Henry. Uh, through three quarters on Sunday Night Football, the Colts gained 73 yards on Carson Wentz completions and 97 yards on defensive pass interference calls against the 49ers. So sloppy, sloppy play from those uh, genius-coached Kyle Shanahan team. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to pile on Kyle Shanahan. I just... I, sorry. Uh, did you see this about the Tom Brady's 600 touchdown pass ball? That, was, that Mike Evans gave to a fan. This fan is now receiving two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom Brady. One signed Mike Evans jersey and game cleats. $1,000 to the Buccaneers team, st team store. Two season tickets for 2021 and 2021 seasons. And he's getting one Bitcoin as well. I think that's ridiculous. He just lucks out and gets it handed to him. And now he gets all that nonsense. That's insane. That is so unfair. Wow. I'm jealous. Yeah, I feel like that ball could have gone for like half a million. Yeah, he probably could have sold it for a ridiculous amount of money. Anyway. So, uh, that's you know, good on him for being nice. Anyway. Oh, shoot. Hold on. No, we're fine. I thought I accidentally turned off the audio. <laughs> this has not been the tightest episode. But anyway, <laughs> thank you, folks, for listening to simultaneous catch the Halloween episode. As always, we play you off with the song that is about a song that we never hear. The Monster Mash. Any fun plans for Halloween, pal? Just gonna be handing out some candy. I planned a I planned a haunted walk for my high school. Very pumped about it. It's gonna be great. I'll send you pictures. Super nice. Well you all have Thanks a great Halloween. Have a happy and safe Halloween, folks. We will talk to you next week. This has been Simultaneous Catch. God bless.